It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone. If you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, podcast listeners. Some of you may know that Oprah began having conversations about the deeper meaning of life and the world around us, even in the early days of The Oprah Show. When you look inward, then you can begin to create another kind of power. Because we know you love a Super Soul-style discussion. I went, uh <laughs> We opened up the vault of The Oprah Winfrey Show to handpick episodes that will enhance the Super Soul Podcast Library. Every experience in our lives is to teach us to learn to love. Please enjoy this past episode of The Oprah Winfrey Show on Super Soul Conversations. We talk about books on this show and then books go to bestsellers list, but this is a book that got to the bestsellers list without any help from us. It's called Talking to Heaven, and it's based on a man who says that he can talk to the dead. I know lots of you are skeptical of claims like this and may even think he's a fake. You certainly are entitled to that opinion. And, uh... <laughs> you are entitled? skeptic myself and we're going to be hearing from a critic a little later on who says this isn't true at all but first we were very interested as i said in what happened at a session when james met with 500 strangers many like yourself who said they wanted to make contact with their departed loved one sometimes he misses other times he's right on target i want to talk to him about that i'm also feeling someone who died in a motorcycle crash and um i feel it's a young man does it make sense, please, to someone? Is there a sister here? Or is it your brother? Mm-hmm. Your husband died in the motorcycle crash. God, he gives you lots of love. Did he have a pierced ear? <laughs> and you, do you wear his earring now? I have it right here. Thank you. Do you did he ever wear glasses? Yes. How funny. Show me his glasses here. <laughs> yes, yeah, you still have my glasses, he says. Yeah, I wear them. I, is there someone who has a little thing in their pocketbook or bag of their child? It was like a, a girl that died. Does that make sense to someone, please? Yes. Yes? She said to me, my mother, I get very emotional here with her, my mother wanted a portrait done of me. Do you understand? Her sister painted a portrait of her with wings for okay. me. Okay. Someone made a rose bush, a rose garden, wanted to put rose bushes, <laughs> a rose bush, do you understand this? I just made a garden for her in the backyard. And do you go to church? Yes. He said I'd go to church with her, you know. (laughs) And um, he said to me that you had an idea that he was going to pass over. You knew it. Oh, yeah. I feel with him it wasn't expected either, his passing. Was this cancer of some sort? It's cancer. Yeah. I feel he's talking about plans for a house. You understand that? Yes. And did you have like a blueprint or something where the papers being drawn up? Yes. 
and he said you liked the windows, or you had something particular about the windows for this new house. Do you understand this? Did you write him a letter after he died? Please say yes or no. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. Was there a picture you had redone of him after he died? Yesterday. Do you understand? He's telling you you had the picture that you redid. He loves that picture that you have of him. Well, James Van Prague says he can see the dead. He says that he can talk to them, that he can hear their thoughts, and he even feels their emotion. And in reading the book, you describe in first grade right. your first experience with, was right. it Mrs. Weinlich? Mrs. Weinlich. 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 In the first grade when you right. first... I knew something. What happened was she came in the room crying or something. I said, your son is going to be okay. He was in a car accident. He just broke his leg, but he'll be all right. And this then, was in a Catholic school? Catholic school, first grade. Mm -hmm. And later the principal came in and she said, can I speak with you please to the teacher? Brought the teacher out and indeed this had happened. And she said to me afterwards, would you please stay after school? I need to talk to you. And she said, everything you said is true. And I started crying. And she said, that's okay. Because you started crying because you thought you had I caused thought it to I happen. I caused the accident. Uh -huh. And she said, no, God gives certain people gifts of these things. And you're blessed with this. It'll, you'll help people one day with it. Tell me what you, in your opinion, right. believe to be true about the dead. First of all, you believe there's no such thing as death? Correct. That it's just a transition? Right, a transition. Okay. Because we're all energy, and energy cannot die. We are all energy. Energy means molecules which move at a certain rate of speed. And at times, but the spirit body lies within the physical body, and it vibrates at a very, very quick rate. At the time of death, we leave our bodies and go to that spirit world. And that's what happens. And when they come back to this world to speak with us and communicate, they slow down their vibration to a level that a medium, a sensitive like myself, is able to pick up these feelings and thoughts. If they do indeed come back, right. and you just say they have to lower their frequency to come back. That's right. Why don't they just say, my name is Jay so-and-so? It would be a lot easier for me if they would say that, I'll tell you. Yeah, and I lived on such and such a street, and my mother was Robin so-and-so, and that was it. Because there are many factors involved. Because of the atmosphere, these frequency conditions, how quickly they vibrate, mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard for them to lower themselves and to actually feed the medium, the mind the medium, thoughts that, that they can understand. Also, the medium might not be picking it up correctly. I might not know how to interpret this stuff. Okay. I hear bits and pieces of things, because it's so fast, it's so quick, uh -huh. that's just bits and pieces, really, really fast. Sometimes they come through with really strong details, and other times, I don't know what the heck they're talking about. Okay, could they just say, my name is Burke, for example? Sure, yeah. sure, they have, they have, yeah. sure they have. And it depends on how the spirit wants to communicate. Some more uh, visual, some more uh -huh. auditory, some more communi communicate more, speak more, so. One of the people who's worked with James, Cindy Cox, who lost her 16-year-old daughter, Monica, when TWA Flight 800 exploded off of Long Island in 1996. And Cindy, were you at the session? Yes, okay. I was. Monica was one of the French club students from Montoursville, Pennsylvania. Beautiful on the inside and out is the best way to describe her. Caring, compassionate, and she always had a smile on her face. My reaction to hearing the news about it being Flight 800 was disbelief. Then you fantasize. Monica learned how to swim by the age of one. She's going to be in the water, she's treading water, they're going to find her. And you want to hang on to that as long as possible. Um, we had gotten positive identification on Monica very early on. And that pretty much puts a dead end to your denial in a real hurry. Monica was only 16. She didn't expect her life to end. 
Well, we arranged for Cindy to meet with James. We gave James, I swear to you, no information about her, not even her name. We did not tell him who had died. Not everything he says was right on the money. But here are a few of the things that Cindy says made her a believer. I'm picking up someone here who's being a little, little bit emotional when they come in, and it's, I feel it's a child of yours. That's yes. right, you understand? Because I feel like a child. Was this a son that passed over? No. A, da a daughter passed over. She's a very excitable person yes. when she speaks, and she's like getting very, very excited and very like, oh my gosh, mom, mom, it's yes. me, it's me, it's me, yes. mom, it's mom, it's me. This girl is showing me you were at school talking to people. I would see teachers here. I see there was some kind of a ceremony. Do you understand about a ceremony, please? Yes. Was there a tree, something planted, please, in yes. her name? Yes. Do you understand? Yes. Oh, I love the tree, she said. <laughs> yes. I love the tree. She loves animals, by the way. Yes. I think she might have had a pet at, at the home. And it was a doggy or something that yes. she had. I'm just getting accident here. I go over and over again with an accident of some type. And I, I feel like it involves something bigger, big, big thing. Yes. And I don't know what it means, but it's a big thing. Yes. Now, I don't know if there was something. Uh, was she ever around water? Also, because she shows me water yes. here. She keeps on talking about trying to stay alive. Did she fall at all? Yes. Was well, this a very high place? Yes. She, she rolls down, <sighs> goes down. She goes down, <sighs> like this. I almost feel flipping over somewhat. Yeah? Do you know about a balloon or letting off balloons, please? Yes. You understand about the balloons? Yes. And she sees you at night, and you've had a dream. She said, you've had dreams of me, Mom. Yes. Mom, I'm in the dreams. I'm in the dreams. Yes, she is. You were a skeptic before? I can't say totally skeptical, but you do have your doubts. Now, may I ask you this? And this is true, I think, of everybody who's lost a loved one. And you can you know, say what you want to say. But is there a part of you that wants to believe? Definitely. You go wanting you to You want hear, the connection to, to continue. To hear something. Yeah. So doesn't that somewhat color what you hear? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. How were you a not believer and now you believe? Well, like that I this said, man I, I, can't, to your daughter. I can't say that I totally didn't believe because my daughter and I had a very strong connection. <laughs> and when you lose somebody close, a lot of people say, hey, you know, I'm looking for signs. And you wonder, I joked with my sister, the lights in my room flickered. And she says, hey, your lamp is broken. I said, no, that's Monica. And during the reading, that did come through, but there was nobody there but my sister and I. Uh -huh. You want to look for those little connections for them to say, hey, you know, I'm still around, I'm still looking in on you. Okay, this is what I don't understand and what makes a skeptic out of me. I think I kind of get it, because it's like sometimes you all do this yourselves. Some people can walk in the room, you have a visceral reaction to them. You know automatically, stay away right. from this person, you get evil vibrations. Yes. I've had that feeling a couple of times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> here. But, uh, so you get that. And then other times you don't sense it, you don't get it, because some things are stronger than others. So is that what you're saying to us? That's right, exactly. Because my question then is when you're sitting there and, and you're having this session with this mother who's lost her child, why doesn't it just come through clear? It was flight 800. Right. I, I wish it could, but a lot of things, it's, it's hard to get things in details like that. Some things come through so detailed, and it depends a lot on the spirit who's communicating and how they might not know how to communicate. Mm -hmm. The person receiving the information might not know how to receive it, how to be open to it. Don't go anywhere. More to come after this short break. No two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas' vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities 
allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. Are you a beach person? Well, you'll be having fun under the sun with Texas' 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies can't get enough of Texas' world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. I will have to say for the Flight 800, which was an accident that seared all of our hearts, it is still difficult for me, just as a person from the outside, to understand how you ever reckon with that. Day by day. It's every day. Yeah. Some days are better than others. Uh-huh. But I've got, you know, as you saw, a son who is surviving, mm-hmm. who is still very young, very impressionable. Does this make it better for you somehow? Oh, my son went ballistic. Oh, my God, Mom, he says, Monica says she loves and misses me. He believes in this. He tells me of dreams. I have dreams of her. There are things I can't explain in that details that come through speak for themselves. I mean, I don't know how I do this stuff, but details come through I can't explain, Mm -hmm. which it's indescribable, certain details. Okay. Yeah, you know, and I would have much appreciated if she had just said TWA 800. I really didn't need to sit there and listen to him describing a fall off of something as high as a mountain or the tumbling or... Because, because you get a it, sensation? I get a sensation. Sometimes you get a sensation, sometimes you get a clear picture. Depending on how the spirit wants to communicate. Uh-huh. Yeah, you see? And okay. I got a feeling this time. And spirits don't always communicate the same. And sometimes spirits don't come through who you want to speak to. Someone else will show up. Because if they don't, if they don't want to come through, they won't. Just because you, you want to speak with them doesn't mean they'll show up. It could be someone else. Okay, that's another thing I always wondered about. Yeah. This is what I really think. If you were a spirit, gone yeah. on to whatever the next world or next level right. is, you sure the hell don't have to do what you say. That's right. You know what I'm saying? You anyway. can kind of come and go at your own free will. You got it. You so got who's it. to say a spirit wants to show up? Because the bonds of love continue. Okay. The bonds of love. They never forget, you see. The love that they have lives on. And that's the important thing to remember. Love never dies. Love continues. Okay, this is Diana, who we met after she attended a recent session with James. Her husband, James, died of a heart attack. James was uh, 53 when he died. And uh, he was a very gregarious person, a great personality, um, lots of fun, loved life, loved living life, lived it to the fullest. His favorite saying was, pedal to the metal. That's how he lived his life, and he went that way. Diane had never met this James before. She attended his lecture. Why'd you go? Why'd you go? Because my friend said that I had to go because she had a feeling that he would speak to my James and that James would speak to me. 
She calls herself a skeptic with an open mind, but she left her session with this James Van Prague, convinced that he made contact with her dead husband. Again, sometimes James was right, and sometimes his James was wrong. This is a man here who, he didn't really care about his health a great deal. I also been told by him that his blood sugar wasn't always correct. I mean, I don't know if there's trouble with diabetes or there was, no, but his blood, was there a blood sugar problem? Yeah. You understand that? I also been told some with kidney problem at one point. So you understand about yes. the kidney? Yeah. Kidney troubles or kidney problems? Mm -hmm. He said to me that you had an idea that he was going to pass over. You knew it. Yeah. You, you knew it before it happened, he said. You kind of had a pre premonition or yeah. kind of was in a dream or something, but there was a, was it a dream? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Because yeah. he's telling me you had this premonition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's with you very, very much. You want to redo the house a little bit or do something <laughs> different with the house. He said, she's spending my money redoing the house. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Know, right. That makes sense, okay? <laughs> So you say to her that he's with her, but aren't all the dead loved ones with us? You bet, they uh -huh. are. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. sure. Okay, so what about that made a believer out of you? Basically, he told me that Jim was saying that he sees me at church. I'm not Catholic, but I go to Mass for him every Sunday. He says he's with me. You started going to church after? Exactly, to his Mass at his church. Uh -huh. And he says, I see you light the candles for me, which I do. And he sees me sitting in his chair now. He says, I see you using my reading glasses, which I do. There are specific things. That's pretty that's, good. Yeah. Detail. But you know, the reading glasses, we are of the age where if you're going to read, you got, got some glasses. I got my own. I got okay. my own. But he said specifically you use I your husband. In his specific chair, and I read with his specific glasses. And he also said that he kept asking me if I knew a Paul. And I said, no, I don't know a Paul. He doesn't know a Paul. Don't have a clue. Sunday, which was the day after he read, I went to Mass again, and I'm sitting there not really paying attention, and I hear the priest saying, I'm going to read from the letter of Paul. And the letter of Paul was about, please believe in Christ raising from the dead, because if you don't believe in resurrection from the dead, then you don't believe in Christ. That was the message that Sunday from the priest, and that was from the letter of Paul. And so that blew me away. Mm -hmm. And I don't know a Paul otherwise. Okay. There are some extraordinary stories in James's book, Talking to Heaven. Sue and Don Raskin's story is one of them. Their 33-year-old son, Douglas, fell to his death climbing Mount Fuji in 1994. A year earlier, Douglas had moved to Japan to be a chief attorney for the Sony Corporation. Don and Sue were so distraught after their son's death that they met with James, even though they thought that it was a crazy idea. They now say they have proof that he was in touch with their dead son, Douglas. And what is that proof? Well, the proof is that James told us when we went to see him that there was a helicopter involved. And we said, no, no, there was no helicopter involved. And he also said that we would be getting pictures after Doug had died, that we would be getting pictures of Doug climbing Mount Fuji and right before he fell off of the mountain. And we said, no, no, there was no pictures found. I guess about three months later, we got a bill for $10,000 for the helicopter. Then we got a phone call that they had found his camera. The climbing crew went back and they found his camera and they developed the pictures and they sent them to us and we have them. Sure enough, it was just what James said. It was a picture of Doug before he started climbing the mountain and about 20 minutes before he fell off the mountain. He also told us that we would be getting a picture with a message on it. And he my, told you this? Yes, he told us mm -hmm. this. And my daughter, Carrie, we were putting a collage together for the celebration of his life and not his death.
which was his funeral. He, wait a minute. He said these words. Said you these are going words. to be getting a picture with a message on it? Yes. Uh-huh. And our older daughter, <laughs> Carrie, was looking through the pictures, and she picked it up, and she held it. And on the corner of the picture, it said, I love you. That convinced you? No, there was something that really, really convinced us. Okay, that didn't convince you. No, that convinced okay. me. <laughs> that convinced me. But I mean, before I went to James, I was really, I, I thought, what are we going for? My husband was really, I thought I was going to lose him too. After Doug's death, he couldn't eat, he couldn't sleep. And we went to see James. And what, the things that James told us, he gave Don back his life. Don kept having these dreams that he was catching Doug. He was falling off the mountain, and he dropped him. And when we went to James, Doug told us, I'm okay, Dad. I'm safe. I'm okay. It's all right, Dad. You're going to be okay. And he gave us the will to go on, James did. To move on. To move on. And then James said, when Doug came, he met your daughter. I looked at James. I said, what? He said, your daughter's all grown up now. Well, we had lost another child. We lost a baby about... 30-some years ago, and she lived for five days. And we didn't really talk too much about it then. And he just brought up the daughter he that who had died. He brought up the daughter that died and said she's all That's grown true. up, and she's with her brother. And I'll tell you, we were, this man was a miracle. He was our savior. Savior. Okay. <laughs> and, and you know what the thing is, though, but most important... If this is what I want to know. How come some people grow up on the other side and other people still say the same? You usually go back to the prime of your life, around the 30s. That's usually the time. And children, okay, babies Okay, so if you die up. at six, do you continue to grow you on the other up. side? Yes. And especially okay, why don't you just come back in another form, in another life? Why don't you, you do could. that? You If your life is cut short, you may come back earlier. You have that, that could happen, too, in reincarnation. Or you could stay there for a long time. Okay, so what you're saying is, from your belief system, based upon what you've written here and what you feel that you've experienced, is everybody's on a different level. Right. Some and people go, they come back. Some people don't. Right, and there's heaven and hell. And the Bible says our Father has a house with many mansions. Uh -huh. What that means, the various spiritual levels that exist, which we create, again, based on our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. And uh -huh. we go to that level. And so, in your opinion, what is heaven and hell? What we create with our mind and how we treat each other. That's is heaven love, and hell. It's the love that we make, it's the love that we take, just like the Beatles said. Exactly right. We create our heaven or our hell. Our hell could be how we treated someone, and then we have to relive how we treated that person and trying to forgive ourselves. And one of the hardest things for people to do is forgive themselves. Mm -hmm. That's hell. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank. Some things should be boring, like banking. Boring is safe and reliable. You don't want your bank to be entertaining. Entertaining is for podcasts with inspiring celebrity guests, not banks. PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is the service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Inc. PNC Bank, National Association, member FDIC. The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. 
Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Okay, what do you want to say back there, ma'am? I'm curious as the fact you use the term heaven, and heaven is a biblical term, and in my beliefs, you have to be born again and saved to be in heaven. And you say that you can communicate with all people that have passed over, so how do you communicate with those in hell? Oh, because he just defined what hell was. Right, and when you say born again, I think maybe you mean into the spirit into the spirit form, maybe that's born again. And, and it's important to note that I don't care if anyone believes me or not. That's not what my mission is about. Whether you believe or not, that doesn't matter to me. If you feel it's good for you and it helps you, mm -hmm. that's all that matters. I could make a lot of money doing these private readings. I stopped. I could make thousands because I have a three-year waiting list. Mm -hmm. But I had to stop doing the private readings. That's not, that's not what the work is about. It's about helping people. So what does that mean? You do people for free? No, I don't, I don't do people for free. I do large lectures and uh -huh. I do the book. And that's so you how. don't do private people. I don't do privates. I stop doing privates. Uh -huh. If people wanted to contact me, they go to my website. That's the only way. And okay. lectures. Some people, of course, are not convinced that my guest today, James Van Prague, can talk with the dead. And that's why we live in America, because you have the right to think whatever you want to. Uh, Michael Shermer. Is uh, you have the right to think it, and you can even say it. The publisher of Skeptic Magazine <laughs> and the author of Why People Believe Weird Things is one of them. Let me be as clear about this and as firm about it as I can be. James Van Prague does not communicate with the dead. He is not a psychic. What is this about an anniversary? James Van Prague has a number of techniques he uses to get information on people this that makes it look like he's psychic. He knew a David as well, didn't he? You can, for example, hire a private investigator to get information on people. The cold reading technique works by asking a lot of questions. I see a man standing behind you. Is that your father? I have a lady here who died on an operating table, and it looks like she wasn't expected to pass over. And it feels like, um, I feel like it was someone's mom here. Does that make sense? You get the information by feedback, by throwing out lots of statements and lots of questions. Who has a stomach problem? Bob. Bob mm -hmm. is a stomach trouble, isn't there? Oh, my well, husband, too. People okay. volunteer information to the psychic because they want the psychic to be true, to be right, to be in touch with their loved one. And the beautiful thing about this is that people will remember the hits and forget all the misses. She's talking about you having her strand and pearls or something having her stuff. Or necklace or something of hers too. No. And something named Angie or Angela or Anja or Ange or something like this, Angie or something that he's talking to me about. Don't know who that is. And Rose, something with a Rosa or Rosie or something like this. Keep that, I don't know what it means. Okay, go on. What do you want to say to your skeptics? Not only your skeptics, people who say you're out and out just faking it. Good. They, they can believe that. that. They have that right. It's an uninformed person, an uninformed experience. They have no experience. First of all, he doesn't understand the mechanics of mediumship. What is it all about? Mm -hmm. How I'm able to do it? He has no way knowing that. He's also never had the experience. How can he speak from someone who's had no experience with this? He's never had a reading by me. Never. Mm -hmm. So how can he speak if he doesn't have experience? <laughs> the people that have had experiences, they can speak from experience. Someone who's an uneducated, you know, person. 
with this sort of thing. But what about what he said about the technique, about, you know, because you do, you ask a lot of questions. This is not easy to do. This is not an easy thing at all. And I'll be the first to tell you, I'm interpreting strangers coming through to me, and I have to make sure that the spirit is on the right frequency. The reason I ask yes to no questions is because when I ask, do you have a mother that passed over from cancer, if I get that information, okay, and I say yes, the lights go off in the person's aura. Okay, this is my question. Right. There's only so many things you're going to die from. Right. So when you say stomach problems, it's a kidney thing, it's a heart ailment, it's cancer, if you start from the head to the toe, brain right. tumor, heart attack, stomach problems, kidney, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, I, it's just like Michael Shermer said one. I did a reading for a lady and I said that your son was, was killed with a bullet. A gang yeah, shooting. Yeah, bullet, gang stabbed, shooting. water, no, no. three quarters of the earth, water. So when you say water, <laughs> okay. What? Water. Yes. And yeah. But, you know, falling from Mount Fuji is, you know, a good one. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty specific, That's okay? Pretty, I will, I'm now, giving you now that Michael now. Michael Shermer said to me, I said, I told this lady it was not one bullet. This boy was riddled with bullets in a corner. And Michael's reaction was, well, isn't every teenager killed that way? No. And, no, they're no, not. No. Most would be suicide. Tell me about the chain, though, because you're a believer, and you said that there are different things. Because well, your session with him, was that one-on-one? -on -one? Yes. That wasn't, like, a whole bunch of people? No, that, okay. that was an entire group of people. And what and specifically convinced you? Well, he kept telling me about jewelry. Yeah, which I think and, is obvious. A lot of people wear yeah, jewelry you know, from their past. And he past said, you know, you one. do have, you know, a piece of her jewelry on. And I said, yes, you know, her ring. That is quite natural. But he said, but there's also another piece, something that she said that meant something to you. But the clasp on it broke. And before I could say yes or no, he said, wait, it's not the clasp. There's something wrong with the chain near the clasp. It's in your jewelry box. How does somebody know? What's that about? <laughs> that a pendant that was bought in memory of my daughter had broken just next to the clasp and was sitting in this condition in my jewelry box. I don't know, That's but a good I, one. I That's think, a good one. okay, okay, I don't know. That's really good. Okay. <laughs> but what I want to know is if you're going to take all the time, with all due respect, sure. to come back and visit you, why are we talking about chains here? It's the evidential details, which yeah. mean something. They can relate to them. Okay. Well, I, I think that's the Why doesn't the whole she point? just give you the message you want to hear? Oh, she, I mean, she did. I love you. I miss you. I mean, those are the most important things. She also said, you know, Mom, I'm responsible. What about the balloons? Was there something about balloons? D nobody knew that I used to, if I was in the grocery store and I'd see a balloon that struck my fancy, I'd take it to her grave. I'd uh -huh. wait a couple of days and I'd bring it home. I never told a soul I did this. But she thanked me for the balloons, for the acknowledgement of still having her as a part of my life. Okay, that's pretty good. What'd you want to say? Well, from our case, uh, Doug died on Mount Fuji. James mentioned that there was a helicopter. We knew nothing of the helicopter whatsoever. It came a month later after his death. And then he also mentioned that there was pictures of Doug before he died. Okay. And that came to almost three months later. So James is right on. David had asthma most of his life, and he died from that. When I first met James, to my knowledge, the only thing he knew is that I lost a son. Uh, there were many things that convinced me that James was speaking with David. One of them, which touched me so deeply, is that James asked me if David had a little gold chain that had a chai on it, and a chai is a, a symbol of our Jewish religion. And I said, yes, and he said, James said, David is telling me that he saw you sitting on the bed clutching that. And I said, my God, I was doing that this morning. I've never done that in my life. And then I thought, how did you know it was a gold high, not a silver star of David or something like that? Just that morning, we had taken a picture of David and t uh, switched the frame that it had been in, rearranged it, put it on, and decided to put it on the piano. And James in the reading was saying that he sees music around and 
I said, David is a pianist, and he said, well, there's also mentioned that he's very happy with the way you move the picture and change the frame and put it on the piano, and I thought, now that's, again, something that nobody would know. This is Peter Redgrove, who says he discovered a brother he never knew about during his session with James. It's very interesting how that happened. The first session I had with James, a number of remarkable things were revealed. One of them, a person by the name of Robert came through, and James said to me, there's a, there's a person by the name of Robert or Bobby, there's a Robert here. And he says he knows you, and he sends you much love. I didn't know anyone who had passed over by the name of Robert. The response was, he's telling me that he is of your blood. So I accepted that, it didn't make any sense to me. But the next day I called an aunt of mine in England and just asked her, Lucy, it's her name, who is Robert? And there were a few moments of silence and she said to me, how did you find out? Well, it turns out that Robert was a baby boy that my mother had had about four years before me who had died at six months from pneumonia. And my mother had never mentioned a word about Robert to me, ever. And she died in 1988. This reading was in 1992. And I thought that was quite remarkable, certainly evidence that life after life And you say for exists. this, you're no longer afraid to die because of it? I have absolutely no fear of death whatsoever. You say a lot about what you believe this means, as we just heard uh, Peter talk about what this has meant to him as a living person. He no longer lives his life as a victim. Change, you say, you, the way your husband lived. Change your whole life. Well, I used to stay in the closet before I went to James and cry constantly, pulling my hair out. Where's my son? Where's my son? And now I'm able to go on with my life because I know that Doug is all right. Okay. One of the more convincing stories, if you choose to be convinced in this book, is about a victim, uh, somebody who was found who their parents had thought had been suicide. suicide right. And then he, he supposedly gave the name of the person who... That's right. He came through and he talked about this guy named Eddie or something. I said, yes, that's a friend of his. And I said something about, well, he's talking about, he knows more, he knows more. Uh -huh. And he said he knows about the garage mm -hmm. and something like that. And it was like, they found out this information through this guy. They called the police, they researched it. They had drugs in the garage and there was a bad drug deal going on mm -hmm. and his friend killed him. Made it look like a suicide. So it wasn't suicide. What have you learned about okay. suicides? I, what I've learned for suicide is the person might not feel that they fit in here. They feel like they don't fit, for some reason they don't fit in. That suicide is not the right way to go. We're here yeah. to learn. You say in the book you've never talked to a person who's gone over from suicide who was happy about it. No one, ever. No. Because, you see, there's natural time to be born, natural time to die. It's like an avocado. You rip out that pit before it's time. The magnetic ties you have to the earth are still in place. Mm -hmm. So you must live out the time it would be for you to move on to a higher level. Do we all have spirit guides? We all have spirit guides and teachers. Some are our family members. Some are our spirit guides from lifetimes ago. Some are aunts, relatives, friends. Do some of us have more than others? Yeah, we have some have more than others, depending on the type of work we do, too. Mm. I think I have a team. I think you do have a team. Yeah. And honey, you need a team. You so, need a team. You know, yeah. you, need a team. you need a team. You have a good team. And so do you believe that the spirit guides are guiding you? How do you connect to that? What happens is, what you can do is, and also how you can contact spirit on your own, which I write about, yeah. it's at night when you go to sleep. You can ask in a dream, please show me yourself, please show me yourself. 
and within two weeks, you will see something. Which if you do that all the time. Or a spirit, your friend, a relative who passed over. You will see them in a dream. That's how they communicate the easiest way. The other way is through electricity. Radios, telephones will ring, lights flicker on and off, because they can affect electrically the mechanics of electronics. Because of the vibration. The vibrations of frequency that they're on. Okay. And I don't know how they do it, but they do it. Well, I want to thank all of you for being here and sharing your stories. I don't know if it's true or if it's not true. It's up to you to believe right. or not to believe Doesn't as you matter. see fit. What does matter to me is that you find some comfort. And if whatever you've heard, as you say, makes you not want to live your life as a victim anymore, it gives you a sense of peace, you can go on, you can live your life. The most important thing that what I live my life trying to do with this show and have been since the very beginning is to let people know in a sense that you are creating heaven and hell here on earth. You got it. You're responsible for everything. Because you are responsible for your life and your thoughts. And one more thing. And your behavior and your action. And the you other are thing the is, one. But you also have to realize everyone is the same. Everyone has a God spark within them. No one's better than anyone else. We're all the same. We're all in it as one. Yes, I know. We're just all different colors and shapes and sizes for identification That's right. purposes. That's right. But That's inside, what I say. <laughs> inside of God. Inside of God. Right. Thank you, James Van Prague. Talking to heaven. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not.